Jobs once said, "Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone." Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist, a podcast channel for all things optometry. This is your host, Ukti Bora. Today, we have an amazing guest, which I'm sure needs no introduction. Her lovely smile and her beautiful hair says it all. I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Christy Wen. who is a board certified optometrist and currently serves as a contract doctor for Dr. David Fenstra and Associates in Orlando, Florida. After graduating in the top 10 of her high school class with honors, she went on to obtain her bachelor of science degree from the University of Houston. Dr. Wynn obtained a doctorate of optometry in 2005 from Nova Southeastern University College of Optometry, Florida. Dr. Christie has been the executive board member of Optometry Divas for past 3 years and currently serves as the lead Orlando ambassador. She's also, uh she's also a brand ambassador for an independent eyewear brand called Kazuku Lunettes and director of business development for an online optical company called Optazoom. She's the US ambassador for Imagine magazine and a board member of Cookie magazine, both of which are optical related. Recently she also partnered with Zeiss. She's a member of American Optometric Association, the Florida Optometric Association, Young Odies of America, OD Divas, Optometry Divas and Central Florida Optometric Society. If you feel she's had it all, yes she did because she's also married with two beautiful daughters. She enjoys beaches, traveling to new places and reading. So I'm really excited to learn a lot more about your journey and I would like to do a warm welcome and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much Akti for having me on the show. I'm super delighted and I can't wait to share. Awesome. So I'm going to directly dive into my questions because we're going to really target and know like you know about comfort zone and how to come out of it. But before we go there, I know based on some of the other interviews that I've heard and like did my research, uh you have an incredible journey. So can you tell me like you know how did you bump into optometry how did your career start and like everything that you've done so far so it all started um when i kind of went through what i wanted to do when i grew up and that was in junior high and i grew up very religious i mean we went to church literally almost every single day and i remember sitting in church one day and the the sermon just spoke to me It was where God cured the blind, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's what I should do! I can't do blood, so I can't do any surgery, but I can totally help somebody see clear. That you know, the first pair of glasses, first pair of contact lenses, and just give them that sight of vision." And I knew from that point on that that's what I wanted to do. So that was my career path from then on. Entering high school, I already knew what classes I had to take to get there. Um, I did some. Um, where you call it uh where I went and shadowed an optometrist locally to see if I liked that in undergrad I even went out to work for a local optometrist for as a technician so that I could get hands on experience mm-hmm. because I felt like I really need to get my feet kind of wet and, and figure out if this really is for me and that literally just solidified what I wanted to do even more so it just continued on to my journey I got into optometry school graduated and I've been practicing for 16 years since I graduated That's lovely. And that's wonderful. I have to say you had a lot of clarity at a very young age and that really tells me about like you know how you're able to achieve so much in and like you know I mean the list goes on I think I've just given like a brief of it but I know there's a lot going behind things that you do. Now one thing which I really like you graduated you did your OD but you worked as a contract 
independent contractor as an OD, yeah. which is not an usual path. People want like a secure, like, you know, paid job, but you decided to, you know, break free, go out of your comfort zone day one. Uh, what was your thought behind it? Well, it's because I met my husband during graduate school. He was in the DO program at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we got out, we, we wanted to get married. And I was like, I want to get married, but we can't get married if he's doing residency, not making right. a lot of money. And so I decided not to do a residency and just to go start to working. Mm-hmm. At that time, I'm originally from Texas. So I had no connections in Florida or Orlando for that matter. So I just started kind of putting my name out there, picking up a day here, a day there. And slowly, once you start doing that fill-in work, all the doctors want you because they have days they need to fill their books with. So the next thing I know, I was working six days a week and filling my days with at multiple offices. Literally every week was a different office. Every day was a different office. I remember at that time, we didn't have GPS on our phone. It was GPS on the little handheld. And so I literally have to punch these directions in or I would get lost um, going home are going there so every day it was just a different adventure and being in this um, environment I was able to see all the different um, ways that optometry can be practiced whether it be retail or private and I kind of start you know even considering well do I still want to open up my own practice because that's what I wanted when I was in school right but once I got out I was kind of hesitant because all the private doctors I worked for kept saying Christy don't do it don't do it there's so much (laughs) headaches involved in having running your own business and I was like well I don't know if I want that either Um, and just you know having the flexibility to set your own schedule working what days you want working what hours you want negotiating your exam uh, uh, or basically your day costs uh, it was just very liberating and having a husband who works in the medical industry when he wants the day off he wants like the week off so for me you know being a a contractor, I was able to just ask one or two days off per doctor and I got the entire week off and we just go on vacation. Right. So that really worked really well for our family because my kids were young at the time and it just, it just worked. So that we're, you know, we could just take like a week or two off and it would be fine with our, my boss because I had but multiple they bosses. Just, yeah. They didn't miss me if I only asked like one or two days off, you know, they were able to quickly find coverage. So that really made me think, well, would I ever want to have my own office and worry about feeling, finding work <laughs> to fill my <laughs> office if I go on vacation? It's not the freedom that we thought it would right. come with owning your own practice. So I was like, mm, I kind of think I want to stick with contracting. But that's, that's amazing. And you know what you said, it totally makes sense. It's, it's, it's very different and unique for you to like, you know, try it out. And as you rightly mentioned, right, like it wasn't easy when you started, you actually had to struggle, you actually had to go to different offices. And it, as you said, as much freedom it gives you, you are still picking up odd shifts, odd days, and like, you know, making it work around your schedule. So though you made it sound like super fun and easy, I don't think it was, it was really that easy, you know, when you actually started off. And when you talk about negotiation and like, you know, picking your days, hours and offices, what were your major constraints there? If you can give you like some tips for someone who wants to try that out. Well, you have to kind of get your feet wet first. So you probably won't know what you're going to be looking for until you actually work at the office. Things that I would look for now that I'm 
what I call seasoned is when I go into an office, I ask, what are your hours of operation? Like when is my first patient seen? When is my last patient seen? How are my patients scheduled? Is it every 15 minutes? Is it every 20 minutes? Is it every half an hour? Do I have a technician who's pre-testing my patients? And what are those pre-tests that will be done? Some offices don't offer you a tech. Uh, so that makes it kind of strange and what you have to do a lot more legwork, you know, and then what other, um, what other, Equipments do they have in their office? So, right. you know, do they have a retinal imaging? Um, do they have a visual field? Uh, what other things do they have so they can offer better patient care? On top of that, then you kind of look to see how busy are they? You know, even if they're seeing patients every 15 minutes, but if they're normally have a high show, uh, no show rate, then again, that means you're probably going to be sitting there only seeing 10 to 15 patients a day. So you kind of want to ask in general, what is your average number of patients you right. see a day? Because again, that means how hard will you be working for that money? So once you look at all that, Right. You had a factor in, do I even get a lunch break? Some places give you half an hour, some give you an hour, some give you an hour and a half. So you kind of put all that in to see how many hours are you physically working for that pay? And then is it worth it? Is there a bonus structure built in? Because what if you have that base pay, but then let's say it's for 15 patients, you're getting paid X amount of money. Well, after 15 patients, do I get a paid extra? That would motivate me to see extra. But if right. they say there's a bonus system, I'm like, uh-uh. 15 is a cutoff, no more patients after this time. So then, you know, that's how you would negotiate. Uh, for people who are new, though, coming out of school, they're just going to be taking patients, overworking. So you're going to be underpaid. Um, but right. you won't know that until you start working, though, and getting a feel for it. And you have to kind of go back and look at the books. You could just say, hey, can I see your books just for the last week, just to get an idea, or just the last two weeks? Sometimes that, you know, you don't want to be cheated out of what you're earning yeah. either. And again, it comes with experience to see what your base rate is in that area. Because what I get paid in Orlando may be different than what I get paid if I go to another state. So Absolutely. every state, the, the base is very different. And again, you get paid a little bit higher on the base because you're contracting and you're paying your own taxes. So you have to remember to put out 30% and not yes. use that amount so you can pay back your taxes. Otherwise, at the end of the year, that could come out pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think all what you said, it comes down to like, do your research. I think that's, that's like one liner that I would like you to do. like, do your research. And initially, you, you don't want to be a chooser till you are not understanding what your strengths are. Once you know that, do your research and then get in with confidence. So I think uh, I really like it. And I feel students out there, like, you know, fresh graduates who want to experiment and try this, this is definitely something which I would recommend if you're looking for flexibility. So uh, thank you so much. It's actually very popular because there's so many people who own their own office and they do need to take that time off and they're looking for fill-in work. They don't need it yes. for the entire year, but they just may need a couple of days throughout the year. Um, or just to lighten their schedule, maybe one day a week. So there's many different options out there, but mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know about this option, which I'm kind of shocked. And like I said, I'm trying to be an advocate for that arena as well, because a lot of my colleagues don't publicly share about being a contractor because they're all like, oh, I want to have my own office. Right. So I want to be the advocate for that part of optometry because not a lot of people will share about it. Right. And another thing I want to mention, like specifically, as you mentioned earlier, that you are a mom, right? Like when you're raising kids, you want flexibility, you want to work a few days, you want to have your own schedule. So if you are like a new mom or you're expecting and if you want to spend more time with family, this is definitely another option which, you know, people should consider and look forward to. So, so yeah. when somebody asks you if you can work Saturday, all you have to say is, 
that day is not available. Right. Even though you're staying home, <laughs> it doesn't matter because according to your schedule, you're not available. I, I like that. I really, really like that. Like, you know, how you need to be smart and, you know, just present yourself that you're really busy in demand and make sure, you know, you get your things done. Perfect. Right. I love that. <laughs> Another thing which I actually heard and researched about you is, which is really difficult for me to digest, but I'll take your word that you mentioned you were shy. You are an introvert, which yes, doesn't, doesn't reflect anywhere, especially with like, you know, the way your posts are, the followers, like things you, you were out there. So how were you able to kind of break that shyness or come out of your comfort zone? Well, I am shy. And that's why optometry is really good for me because it's just usually a one-on-one um, mm-hmm exposure with the patient or even one-on-two they have a family member in the room but usually not more than three usually more than that I'm like you guys can stay out in the waiting room but you know with COVID it's not like one other person could come in you know unless it's like another infant so it's really good because a one-on-one I'm fine because I know that I only have a couple minutes with that patient and I have to break down that barrier of the unfamiliarity and get them to open up to me so I can figure out what they are coming in for so I can help address that issue. Because if they come in with an issue and I can't figure out what it is, because sometimes they don't even know how to express it. If I can't get that information out of them within that couple of minutes I'm with them, then I'm not doing my job as an optometrist, as their optometrist, because I'm not helping them resolve their issue with their eyes. Because sometimes you kind of have to dig for it and figure out, okay, you, know, you came in, you told me there's no problems for your last exam. And now all of a sudden you say oh yeah I do have some headaches and some dry eyes and all this other stuff I'm like okay now we're getting somewhere um so I have to break that barrier really really quick and I bring that same mindset when I do my social media posting I just pretend I'm talking to my patient and educating them about eyes about whatever it is I'm sharing so that way I'm not as nervous but the moment I do just Christy, I'm like a mess a hot mess but if I put on my Dr. Christy shoes and it's all of a sudden it's like fine. Now we're professional. Now I can talk to you. And it's simple. You know, it just comes out very simple. So you just have to find that comfort zone, um, whatever it is that you're comfortable and have that mindset when you're presenting yourself on social media. And now it becomes this, this safe zone for you because it's something right. you're familiar with. It's no longer unfamiliar. But like I said, if I, if I approach it as just Christy, now that would be unfamiliar territory. <laughs> But I really like how you said, like, you know, finding your comfort zone in like, you know, whatever you're trying to do something new or experimenting, because yes, you know, when it comes to optometry or wearing your doctor coat, you know, the thing you have studied, you have been practicing in and out. When it comes to eye care, you exactly know, you speak to the patient. But when it comes to something personal, I'm sure like, you know, everyone has their, they would like to go back to their shell. So I think this is a great tip, uh, at least even for me, because sometimes I do hesitate going on social media, thinking like, you know, how are people judging me? Are people thinking about me? Like, you know, how are they perceiving me? Because then I don't think myself as like a doctor trying to say something or an optometrist. I think it's, oh, are they uh, you know, judging me as Ukti, which is probably not the case. You'll be more comfortable in, you know, your, your comfort zone. So I really like how you say, like, you know, make your own comfort zone in the discomfort that you are in. So because a lot of these people don't even know you. So this is your opportunity to basically even reinvent yourself and just be the person you want to be um, to portray. And it's your opportunity, again, if you think about it as not, as just educating people, like I said, that passion, whatever it is, it just comes naturally and people can sense that. So don't try to be somebody different, but just bring what you have already in, out, and it just comes more natural that way. 
Right. And talking about, you know, it's being organic, being natural, especially with social media. I don't know if you do, but I sometimes, I myself also struggle in like putting out content, like, you know, how to create what works, what doesn't work. What's your thought process there? So it's definitely um, trial and error for everyone who does this. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you also want to watch and follow people who does the same thing that you do and see what's working for them. So that's a shortcut way. You find somebody, a couple of different people who does something similar, and you just kind of look at how they're presenting the material. So there's just, there's a lot of different classes out there. There's uh, different books that talks about it, but all in all, it just basically, you know, everyone's selling. So no matter how you put it out there, everybody's selling, but no one to say I'm selling. So instead of saying I'm selling to you, you can say I'm sharing with you. I'm right. giving, giving you value. I'm bringing something that may help you in your life. So if you come out as just sharing something that could benefit somebody else, they will in turn say, well, this person's really knowledgeable about this, whether they know it or not. Most of the common people is not going to know. They're right. not going to know. Um, your colleagues may know, but most people won't know. But if you continue to do it, you're sharing while other people aren't. So you're doing something different. You're taking the next step and bringing and upping the game and, and saying, hey, look, I have a voice. I want to share it. And you can listen or you don't have to listen. But I'm also going to put a me spin on it. So everything right. I put out there, yes, I'm watching what other people are doing. But sometimes it's not my style. Right. So then it's basically you have to determine what your style is. And you got to put that little bit of your style into it so that each post that you put out is intentional. You never want to put out something unintentional because you're wasting your time and somebody else's time. And they're saying, well, you know what? That doesn't really fit with her, her, um, her whole idea or whatever she's trying to present. So why is she even bothered with that one post? It just throws them off. And the people you get thrown, if people look at you and follow you and you throw them off, they may not they may unfollow you because they're like, well, she's not staying true to her brand. So then again, you're branding yourself, not the company. So a lot of people, when they're trying to brand the company, it's a little bit harder. I feel like this day and age, you're branding yourself first and then everything else follows. Mm -hmm. So you have to make yourself um, likable. <laughs> uh, so if you're not likable, then you know that makes it a little bit harder. Right, absolutely. And I really love one word that you said, like, have a me spin into whatever you're trying to do because that's where like some people just struggle with content or building something new and some people just copy paste which doesn't work so whatever you're trying to do just have your me spin I think I, I love that word <laughs> that's why if you follow my post you always find food in there <laughs> and wonderful hair like I have to talk about this uh you have amazing skin and amazing hair and I did also did a research and I, you do your own hair color and like you know hair styling yes. so I'm going to talk about both this thing about your skincare business as well as your hair routine pick whatever you want to talk about first <laughs> so we can talk about the hair first <laughs> so basically how it happened was after having my second child um going out to get a haircut literally took at least an hour of just the haircut itself, not even the time to go. And that was me lugging a toddler and a little baby with me, uh, scheduling the time when my husband is not home because he doesn't like it when he's home, he has to watch the kids. So <laughs> but still, I was scheduled on the day that I'm off and he's working and I'm lugging two little kids with me, go make this appointment to get my haircut. And it's so thick. It doesn't look thick, but it's really thick. And somebody has to spend at least an hour just layering it just right for it to fall right. However, every time I get home, it never stays the way that they styled it. So I always end up having to 
uh, fix it when I get home. And I'm like, well, I'm spending like at least $60 on this haircut, not even including tip in an hour. And I still have to go home and fix it. And I was like, how hard can it be to cut your hair? Really? How hard can it be? <laughs> so I don't know. Hairstyle is going to hate me. But I went to YouTube and started researching how to self-cut my hair. So I think I watch a whole bunch of videos on short hairs. And I say, okay, which is the simplest style that I, or which is the simplest method I can use to cut my hair without being able to see it from the back? Because I can't see what I do in the back. It's right. all by feet. So that's how it started. And as I continue to cut, you know, because I spike my hair in the back, which if I turn, you can see, I just turned this a little more than normal. Um, so it's, it's spiked. So even if I messed up, nobody can tell because it's spiked out anyway, right? So that's how I've been able to get away with this hairstyle because nobody can really tell. The only thing I have to use the mirror is the front because that's what people see most of the time. So that's how I've played it off. And over the years, again, I got a little bit older. So then I was like, oh, I think I'm starting to see a couple of grays in there. So to camouflage those, I started coloring my hair and then it became like a thing. People start recognizing me um, out off of social media because of my hair color. So I was like, maybe this is a thing because I really don't have the nerve to come and approach a stranger to talk to them. So if they come up and give me a compliment, it's easier for me to say, thank you. I like this about you too. So there goes an instant conversation. So that's something else I teach people about branding. It's like, you know, you can always bring people to you by bringing something onto your wardrobe that would draw attention. That I love that, like, you know, bring it. And I have to say this. So this is a, like a very small thing which I experienced. Of course, I don't have like one hair like yours. I look very ordinary Indian, but I did have like, you know, few eyeglasses, like, you know, I have like a chain, a clip, like, you know, rings. I, mm -hmm. I always go out and collect something in eyewear. And I wore it in an Indian conference where people didn't really, you know, used to dress up that way. I know in US people do that. But when, when I wore that in India, like, I love that ring. Like, you know, I love that dress. I love that thing that you have on your shirt. So that definitely did start a conversation. And I think that that's a great tip. Like, you know, dress up in a way where people come to you. Yeah, yes. so that, you that's, shy, if you're not shy, then it doesn't matter. You, you could just go up and start a conversation. But see, I'm usually the person, if I walk into a room and I don't know anybody, I kind of start like edging towards the side <laughs> of the room <laughs> in the corner by the food dish. <laughs> But now with your hair color and like, you know, with so much that you do, I don't think so you can ever sit in the corner. Like everybody would want to talk to you and come out, and like, you know, know more about you. So, and let's talk about your skincare business, which is like, I mean, from eye care, which is again, like you are working and now you have like a skincare business that you take care of. Yes. So that all started because I was getting um, a little burnt out with optometry, believe it or not. It was like, you know, once you hit your goal, so I'm very goal oriented. So the last thing on my goal sheet was having two kids. <laughs> so once the second kid was done, I was like, you know what, what am I gonna do? I already got my dream job, I'm married, I have two beautiful girls, like, what do I do after this? And I didn't even realize my fire started burning out until my husband's like, wow, you're just not the same. Where's your fire? I was like, I don't know where that fire went because I'm dead tired by the end of the day. I don't have time for myself. You know, I go home, I go to work, I come home, I'm being a mom, I'm being a wife and there's really no time for me. I'm like up for like an hour and a half, an hour to two hours at night just to try to find time for myself if I have the energy to stay up. But I didn't have it very often. 
and on top of that, my skin was like going down the drain too. So the two just kind of went together. I joined just because I heard the skincare work really well and I was trying a whole bunch of stuff and nothing was working and they actually had the business part to it. So I jumped in, not really having tried their skincare at all and not really knowing much about the company. And it was like a blessing in disguise. That company completely just changed my mindset on being out of my comfort zone. And that's where I learned all my branding from is going, learning from the leaders within the company and what the materials they put out. I just kind of absorb it like a sponge and just say, oh my gosh, all these amazing leaders are, they're showing us how they work the business, what helped them overcome their shyness, overcome their awkwardness of, of posting on social media. And, you know, by the end of the day, I'm like, that's so right. Like, who cares if I'm out there saying, hey, would you like to join my skincare business because you can make some extra money and look good at the same time versus somebody saying, oh, why are you doing that, Chris? You're a doctor. I'm like, well, you're a doctor or you're still working. I'm still working. So I'm trying to find a shorter way to not work so long. So <laughs> let me do my thing. So, you know, it's just another... It, for me, it's another income and, you know, having the great skin helps definitely um, boost my own confidence and, and be able to share with it. But the information that they share in terms of business, which was not taught when you're in school, mm -hmm. is it's like tremendous. I mean, I didn't even realize how much it was all compiling until, like I said, like in, two, in 2020, when COVID hit, right before COVID hit, I had a whole bunch of collaboration reaching out to me because they started seeing my branding on social media. So that was probably like two and a half years in for me branding or three years, I can't remember. But then people started to notice and they started saying, hey, let's come on to my podcast, come on to my show. Um, let's try my product. Tell me how it is. We'll send you this for free, that for free. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then as soon as COVID hit, it, it, it went even higher because nobody could go anywhere. Right. And I was on social media. So they're like, well, Christy, that's perfect. You're already on social media. Why don't you help us do this, do this for our business? Sure. So it all just kind of pans out and it played out really well. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about just sharing with people. So if anybody asks me, I'm like, okay, this is what I did. This is what I've learned. In a nutshell, if you start something like this for yourself, everyone's going to have their own platform that they're more comfortable with um, sharing. So you could have to pick and choose which one you're comfortable. You can't do it all. There's just too many out there. You right. can't be the, the queen or the king of like all the social media. It's just not possible. You don't have enough time in a day to do that. Just pick one that seems to work the best for you to that, and then just go on to that and just explode. Um, so, I mean, that's my, that's how I would approach it. And that's what I was, I learned and I think it worked really well, but yeah, it's different. It's different, but in a good way, it gave me a new purpose and a new approach on optometry. And I couldn't have been in any of these other optometry things that you have mentioned, if it wasn't for me starting the skincare business, because I was a private person. I'm an introvert. Remember, I did not even go on social media. <laughs> so for me to be from this nobody in like who lives at home to like out there in the world it's just so different and but it's a good different I I do have that newfound refocus I call it now refocus because I'm able to share what I know versus before I couldn't care less because there was no reason for me to do it right no it, I'm not trying to be selfish but I'm it, it, it's selfish but not selfish at the same time for me to share because I know other people can benefit from what I've learned and I'm definitely out there just to help other people. And like I said, if they decide, hey, you know, I love Chrissy's vibe and I'm gonna try this skincare business just to see if I can learn all that wonderful stuff she's learned. I'm like, 
come on in. Let me go ahead and show you. Um, so that is, is there. But like I said, I can't hold your hand forever. I, right. I'll walk you in, but you know, after a while, I'm going to have to say, let go. <laughs> you have to do some of this yourself. You know, that's, that, I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people is they expect when they do any type of new business that it's just going to fall into place. And right. they have to understand it still takes work. It still takes um, commitment. It still takes some sacrificing of your time, but it all pans out. Because after like a year into the skincare business, I literally went from like my five day work week to four. I was able to take my first international um, or Asia trip for like two weeks. And then the second year I was able to do the same. So I ended with more time on my hand. And I was like, wow, I'm not so used to all this free time and what I'm going to do with it. So we just end up traveling more, which is perfect, fine with me. And then being able to spend more time with my family, which again, that's what I what I wanted so right. like I said you just have to decide what do you want to do right now how hard do you want to work so that you can kind of play later I think that's I think that's wonderful and the all that you said I think sums up very well with how you have your LinkedIn profile which says like living my best life and helping others to do the same I just love that line and how you have posted it out there calling people, inviting. It's such welcoming, you know, post out there, which like every time I go to your profile, that's what I see. And I think that's commendable because many times you learn things, you and you just are like in your own process that, yeah, I've got this, but you're not ready to kind of put it out there to encourage people to advocate things about it. But you're more of a person like, let's grow together. Let's let me help other women. Let me talk other people who are trying to do you know something other than optometry. And yes, I know many people who do feel that they have burned out, like, you know, working in optometry, they feel it's more routine. So I think finding your refocus, whether it's skincare, whether it's other business, whether it's your other passion is very important. So I think living my best life should be your hashtag in whatever way you're doing. So I, I, I love that hashtag. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, any other major roadblocks in your journey? Because, you know, you were doing your business, you're working as an optometrist, you work in magazines. If you have to kind of, you know, just step back and think, you know, if you had any roadblocks, can you, can you pinpoint on it? Well, even though the skincare business has been great, that's also have, I've had roadblocks in that because a lot mm -hmm. of people who join my team, like I said, they, they thought it was just going to fall into place and they thought it was going to work. And I'll say, it's not, I'm here. I'm here to motivate you as a leader, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's right. still your business by the end of the day. So a lot of times people would join me, but then they, they kind of fizzle out or they don't even get started at all. So I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you know? So what, I was like, literally what happened? Like you were so excited. It took like, you know, a year to two years for somebody to join. And then they come in, they're just like nothing. So I'm like, Okay, so I mean, you know, there's certain things when you, you come into this big group and there, there's all this support and then, you know, you can't help but compare, even though it's not good, I know, but sometimes you look at it and you're saying, you know, I've been doing this for however many years, somebody came in shorter and they just like kind of exploded, like, what are they doing different? But then again, I'm like, well, I think they're putting a lot more commitment in it and that's okay. I'm okay with not putting in as much commitment because I got out of it what I want. So right. it's still a roadblock because I felt like I didn't advance as much as I should. But in the end, I look at, I'm, I always try to look at the positive. I'm like, you know, but you know what? God put this in your hand. You know, he, he, he put this business in your hand and you grew so much out of it. So you still got something out of it. So you can't be totally against it. You can't say, oh, it did nothing for me because it, 
it did. You know, I, I have the best skin of my life. I have lashes now, which before I didn't. Um, and, you know, I'm not wearing any makeup. So I'm just like, you know, there's no makeup on here. So I, I'm so blessed because when I started this journey, I had tons of makeup on because I did not like how my skin looked. And it's bad when your husband say, wow, we're just going out for a lunch date. Why do you have so much makeup on? When you're trying to go for the makeup look, that's so embarrassing. So I was like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go wipe all this stuff off and leave the house. But now, you know, you know, with the whole mask wearing, it's great that I don't have to wear, that I have no makeup on other than just eye makeup. And that's because again, I'm an optometrist and I love my eyes to, to like, you know, that's all they see. So I want to make right. sure it's showing. Um, but, you know, I'm just so glad my skin is much healthier because I want to show my, my daughters that, you know, they, if they take care of them, their skin now, their skin doesn't have to look bad later. And I'm so right. happy that I'm able to give them products to help with their acne. Um, because I remember what it went, was with going through high school with like horrible acne and then trying to cover it up with concealer that didn't really help because it was so big on my forehead but now they have all these products and I just every time they have an issue I say oh I have that so I just kind of share it um so funny story is my youngest one she's had all these little bumps on her forehead and she goes mommy uh, how do I get rid of this I was like um you have to use the product that your sister is using. She goes, but now nah, I'm too lazy. And then it got to the point where, you know, there was more of it because she wasn't doing anything. And then she started using it because she's like, I don't want to be that girl that has all the acne and pimple on my forehead. I'm like, okay, whatever you want. So she started using it for a week. And then she's like, mom, mom, you know what? Your product really worked. I've only been using it for a week, but look, there's like no more pimples on my forehead. So I just thought that was hilarious when she told me that yesterday. I was like, oh, duh, I told you this stuff working. We're just not using it. Um, but I couldn't say there was like hard roadblocks, but I think it's always, it's always a mental roadblock, especially if you're so used to, you know, if you're so goal-oriented goal and so used to hitting certain goals and you're not hitting those goals, don't let that be a stopping factor in your growth because you're still growing, but just maybe slower. And right. as long as you're okay with that, that's fine. I think sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. And I remember growing up that that was how I was. And that's how I kind of burnt out a little bit too. But you have to just know that, you know, we all run at our own pace and just try not to sprint and over exhaust yourself before the race is done. Right. And you know, you're only in a race with yourself, nobody else. So there's no point in you, in you trying to beat yourself and then have no energy to finish that finish line when you're so close. So just go at your own pace. Yes, there's going to be roadblocks. Just dust yourself off and get back in the race. <laughs> I love that. And especially for the fact in the current situation in the world with social media, there's so much of comparison. Like you said, oh my God, I haven't hit so many followers. I've not got so many likes. Nobody's looking at me. Like just keep going. You know, you might take maybe four years versus someone who's done it in six months, but you know, you have your own journey. But especially with this whole social media, uh, world and life that we live with, there is definitely a lot of comparison, a lot of things that might uh, encourage you to do something, but there again comes a disappointment if you have set your goals and if you're not reaching them. But I think what you said is like, you know, just dust it off, get back to the race and like, you know, keep going. I, I think I love that. Thank you. <laughs> now, we did learn a lot about your journey, but we are now going to dive into my fun segment, which I call Rapid Fire, where I'm going to give you questions and you have to give me like the most spontaneous or the first answer that comes to your mind. Okay. Perfect. So are you all set? All righty. Oh, wonderful. So if you were not an optometrist or a skincare business owner, what other profession do you see yourself in? Can I be an ice cream taster? Ice cream taster. Okay, perfect. So, which is your favorite destination? Uh, 
Ooh, I like Bali. Definitely want to go back. And my second, hmm, I haven't been there, but I think I would like to go to Fiji. Fiji, wonderful. If, uh, what's your favorite hobby? Um, if I could say sleeping, I would, but I would say shopping would be second. <laughs> Close third would be traveling. Wonderful. <laughs> your favorite cuisine, because you're a foodie, you need to tell me one or two. Well, I can't say my favorite. Well, I have to say Vietnamese because I am Vietnamese. I love Vietnamese food. Oh, second. Oh, this is going to be so hard because it's like, is it dessert or is it food? So if it's dessert, I would have to say French. Their pastries is amazing. Um, if it's food, I would have to say sushi, which is Japanese food because it's so yummy if you're getting the right type of fresh fish. I agree. I agree. All right. Your favorite book? Oh, man. Well, I just finished reading um, their, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Can't be my favorite if I can't remember it. But <laughs> back in high school then, I, my favorite book back in high school was Little Woman. Okay. I remember reading that book a couple of times. <laughs> Wonderful. If you could interview a guest, dead or alive, who would that be? Oof, that'd be a hard one too, because I don't know. That anyway. one I would know. <laughs> Off the top of my head, who I would interview. Hmm. Uh, I would probably say the doctors of my skincare brand, Doctors Rodin and Dr. Kath Kios, because they have very interesting stories. And I would like to pick their brains more about entrepreneurship. Wonderful. If we were to write an autobiography about your journey, what would you like the title to be? Living my best life. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> And one thing, if you would like to change or add in optometry lab, what would that be? Hmm. If I could change something about optometry, I would say just to make it more, um, just to make people more aware of what we do as a profession. So I think a lot of people don't understand the scope of optometry. And I think a lot of time, not to say anything bad about other groups, but there are there have been times when I work for other doctors um, and they don't treat me the same way because they don't feel like we have the capability to do certain scope of practice. And that really hurts because I thought it was, we've got, we're at a present enough time that, you know, there should be a mutual understanding of what we are capable of doing and that they should right. understand if they hired us, but that's not the, the case. And some uh, of the times that I've had experience with this group of doctors. So the, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, but I would just be, I would just hope to educate more people about what we do as professions. So that way patients are more knowledgeable and even other doctors are more knowledgeable of who to send the referrals to, because sometimes right. they send the referrals to the wrong doctor, the patient doesn't get the care in time. And guess what? That vision is now affected. And that's what hurts. It hurts the patient. Right. And it hurts me because I know that, you know, they just done the right referral. The patient would have gotten seen on time and the management would have been done correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's end of our rapid fire. I think you did amazing. Uh, and before we end our podcast, one final takeaway message for all my listeners. Sure. If I could give any advice, I would say network. You just never know who you're going to bump into, where in your life they may come back later to help connect you to somebody to a new journey. So don't burn any bridges. Uh, yes. Life is way too short for you to hold grudges. It really isn't worth it. You're the only one fretting over it. They don't probably don't even know you have a grudge against them. So why let that 
be on your shoulders, literally just living your best life and just making sure that you choose your happiness. You have that decision to choose that happiness each day. You have to choose it first. Nobody chooses it for you. Once you choose your happiness, guess what? The whole day is beautiful, no matter what comes your way. I think that's wonderful. And talking to you definitely gives me a lot of positive vibes. I, I was smiling the entire episode. So that you can see that like, you know, you definitely, definitely give a lot of positive energy and positive vibes. Thank you so much for all the happiness for amazing, you know, uh, ideas and like advice. Really appreciate your time. And thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.